What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Nathan back. Really quick, just want to give a quick shout out. Thank you for the support that you've given me, this podcast, and my YouTube channel. Really quick, I just want to give a quick reminder that Big Nate Sports Talk Podcast is the new brand name for my podcast. We rebranded. We're doing big things. The road to greatness starts here. I appreciate y'all's support. Continue to support the podcast and my YouTube channel, One Nathan Snell. Why does it stop? Love y'all. Peace. Listen, I'm easy to find. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. YouTube, what's going on? It's Nathan back with another video pre- with another video presentation. This is episode nine of season six of Big Neat Sports Talk Podcast. Um, the last video you just seen was the NFL mock draft 1.0 with me. And I had Sean Spencer shout to him for taking the time out of his evening to join me and break down the first 16 picks. Uh, we're going to break down 16 to 32 tomorrow evening. And I'll maybe do a little free agency talk as well. But in this episode, we're going to now strictly focus on my WNBA Mock Draft 2.0. Okay, now that the regular season's over, we're getting ready for March Madness. I think it's a good time to do a 2.0. Now, after March Madness, we will definitely, definitely do the final 3.0 WNBA Mock Draft for this upcoming season because the draft is getting close, ladies and gentlemen. The draft is April 11th, and I'll be uh, the definitely, definitely, definitely to my eyes on. I see Sean Spencer in the comments. Sean, what's going on? Double deuce. Herndon's finest. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Great job for you, too, man. You did a great job breaking down each pick, and just I love the analysis of your picks. And, again, that was just that was just 1.0, 2.0. Things could definitely change. Heck, you might even see four. We could even see three or four trades before the draft. Who knows? So definitely keep in tune for that. But back to the WNBA. Um, we're getting close. We are exactly one month as of Friday from the draft, and we already had some chaos with this um, from the 1.0. Now, things definitely changed. Um, And if you paid attention in that last video, I think it was episode, maybe episode four, episode five, where I had talked about 
there may that I think there was going to be a trade, and it happened. But I thought it would happen on draft day. Um, the Indiana Fever they traded Tierra McCowan to the Dallas Wings. They got the fourth and sixth overall pick, um, and they're also to they're trading India. The Dallas is trading the fourth, the fourth and sixth pick, and they're getting Tierra McCowan in the seventh pick. Now the Indiana is also going to send Chicago's next next Chicago's next year first round pick to Dallas, and uh, that will be for Dallas. And then uh, the future pick from the Wings that will be their first first pick for next year. Now that kind of definitely it didn't put a a, a wrench in anything, but I think now where I see where these one through twelve can definitely definitely. Is now is now I think completely open in my opinion. Now, really quick, the difference between this year's draft class and last year's draft class, and I and I when I listened to Mike Tebow, head coach of the Washington Mystics, he kind of said it. There was not there was not really anybody in that draft class last year that were franchise changers. They're more of role. They're more of role players, not somebody that can take your take the team. From here to here, that could change, and I'm hoping that we could be proven wrong. But there was nobody in that class that you could go that that that's a franchise changer. It's a difference. We look at this draft and next year's draft class. These two draft classes have girl have young young women that can change that can change these franchises. Um, and like I said, anything can happen. And we're going to get into it. So the Washington Mystics, the Indiana Fever twice, and the Atlanta, the Atlanta Dream uh, are the lottery. It was the Washington Mystics, the Indiana Fever, the Atlanta Dream, and the Dallas Wings that were the four lottery teams. But because Dallas traded for Terry McCowan, Indiana gets that fourth overall pick. 2.0 mock draft. Again, after much deliberation after going forwards and backwards and backwards and forwards. There was a couple things I took in consideration. There's a certain, as an individual, I have to give a shout out to, and I will, I will clip, I will send a clip of this to them. Um, They, for the number one overall pick, they actually had me thinking. They really did. And actually it could change. And I was sitting there looking at it, and I'm kind of like, hmm. That's how I felt. It it really had me thinking, like, but it could change before, between now and before, after March Madness. Because I want to get the 3.0 in there before. With the first overall pick in the 2022 WNBA draft, the Washington Mystics select Ryan Howard out of Ryan Howard. I still think this pick, I believe it just makes sense. Um, even though Nalisha Smith is making the case to be the number one overall pick, I mean, just her, just Ryan's playmaking this season at Kentucky. I mean, I, I think that I don't think you need another post player. You got Maisha Hines Allen. And you got what you can get. If what you got, Elena Deladon. I have been 
on the record, and I'm going to continue to say it, this is not an indictment against Elena. Elena, I think she, she's a first battle Hall of Famer. I love her. But let's be honest. The Washington Mystics have really two, two seasons to really truly compete before we have to consider rebuilding. Why not get her predecessor? Let's get somebody that can learn under it can learn under her and take the front the rope take the reins from her because I just don't know where she's gonna be coming into the season. I don't know. Um <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> uh I, I just feel like the mystics didn't should take her with number one overall pick. Now I have to pull this up and I have to give this individual a, some credit. I strongly Strongly, and I mean strongly, I strongly considered with the number one overall pick. Didn't the Mystics win on 2019? I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I'll answer that for you. Hold on, let me pull her numbers up. Now, I strongly considered Shakira Austin, the number one overall pick. Just listen to these numbers, okay? The first two years, she was at, obviously, for the University of Maryland. Her first year, she averaged 23 and 8. Her second year, 23, 24, and 12. And she transferred to Ole Miss. Last year, she averaged 29 and 19. I'm rounding those numbers up. It's 28.7 and 18.6. This year, she averaged 15 and nine. The reason why her numbers kind of didn't dwindle because she actually because the head coach actually went out there and got talent, did some recruitment. Um, and they had me thinking. Some of it, I'm like, well, I mean, Shakira is a little inconsistent. And if I really feel like, huh. She said, think like Mike. And I said, Mike could be an interesting, Mike, Mike's, Mike's interesting with his picks. So I'm like, okay. Because I'm sitting up there, I'm here thinking, I'm like, okay, if you take Shakira Austin, you could draft Angel Reese out of Maryland. You got a, you, what? Then you got Maisha. So I'm like, it made sense. Ideally, I see what they were saying. I do. But I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm torn. And and Nalissa and, and Ryan are the two most ready WNBA players. Now, don't get me wrong. Shakira is also, too. But there's inconsistencies. And a lot of it we can point to coaching and system and style and all that. But I strongly consider, strongly consider that. Um Now, I want to answer Sean's question. Why did we fall off so quick? Elena Deladon, we didn't find found this out until after the season. She had played through a back, a, a back injury where it required her to get back surgery. So we also had got Tina Charles. We traded three, three picks, first our first, second, and third for her along with uh, Taylor Hill. 
They didn't play last. They didn't play in 2020, obviously because of the pandemic. Last year, Deladon really wasn't ready to play basketball after two games. Mike had pretty much said that. He's like, well, we kind of, she just really wasn't ready to come back. He said in that, pretty much, I'm just paraphrasing, pretty much in the exit interview. But also, too, when you win a championship, it's hard to keep up. Everybody can't, you can't keep everybody. You can keep some, but you can't keep everybody. Um, Latoya Saunders had retired. Uh, Tiana Hawkins stayed after, after 2020 she went to Atlanta. Uh, Kiara Leslie was injured that year. Uh, the team really just was different. And I feel like 2020 definitely without Elena Deladon was different. We did make the playoffs, but we got eliminated by uh, the Phoenix Mercury on a shape on a shape petty game winning bucket. And then that's when things kind of changed. Emma didn't play all that this past season. Uh, we cut Kiara Leslie. Tiana Hawkins left for Atlanta. Uh, we just were making moves that really didn't make sense. Um, like we traded for Sydney Weiss and then we turned around and cut her. Uh, Megan Gustafsson out of Iowa, same thing. Uh, just the moves that we're making and then to the point where we didn't even make the plus. We only won 12 games. Our record said we were. But if you ask me, the Washington Mystics are just not, we're not the same team from 2019. Also to Ariel Powers, she Went to Minnesota. I think that was a big kind of not a big loss, but that kind of hurt as well. Um, Alicia Clark, who is a good three point shooter and, and defender, injured. She, she got injured overseas, foot, her, her injured her foot overseas. And she's what I hear, she's making good progress coming back. So um, I think Ryan Howard makes the most sense for the Mystics. Now, with the number two overall pick, the second overall pick, excuse me, the Indiana Fever select Nalissa Smith. I I really feel like, again, um, regardless of if Tierra was not there um, or not, if she was there or not, she is going into a situation where there are veterans on this team. And I definitely think Lynn Dunn is trying to build something in Indiana. Now, I have a couple things. The Indiana people have three picks, okay? If, 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 if you've got Kelsey Mitchell, Bria Hartley, Tiffany Mitchell, Victoria Vivians, uh, they cut Aaliyah Wilson, they're bringing on, and they got a lot, Elena, a lot. They've signed Elena, Alana Coates to a training camp contract. I think, regardless, I think Nalissa is the right pick for this team. She can, her shooting's not, it's, it can be better. I think she definitely can stretch the floor. I think she has the size and strength to hold her own against defenders in the league. I do believe that, in my personal opinion. Now, Either one of these two, again, this is, just, this is just my opinion. You could go with either or. Now, the, number three, the third overall pick. Atlanta, they need a foundational piece. And I really feel like she's had a good year. 
because I mean, if she was she already proved that she was going to be a good player, even if she was at Maryland before she went to Ole Miss. The third overall pick, the Atlanta Dream take Shakira Austin. I don't think this. I think we could go either wrong. Now, she a rim protector, good rebounder. The only thing is there's some inconsistency, and I think she can clean up a lot uh, some things. There are some girls in this draft that can can match up against her, but I think she can hold her own. Now, again, like I said, there's a lot of inconsistencies with her game, but some of that you can point to coaching and some of that, you know, player development. I think if you let it, if it gets cleaned up, I think Shakira will be okay. Now, uh, I definitely think with Shakira, it's it wouldn't hurt. Now, this is just my personal opinion. These are your top three picks for the draft. Guaranteed. If if you push, you, you I think either three are interchangeable. Again, I strongly considered putting Shakira Austin as the number one overall pick for the Mystics, but you can't go wrong with one, two, and three. I think these are your top three picks without question. Now. We go on to the Indiana Fever again with the fourth overall pick. Now, uh, if I remember, I had them taking – I can't remember who I remember had them taking. Might have been – I think – no, it might have been Nia Cloudin. I can't remember. But I, it, because at the time, they, they did not trade here, and I said with that, I felt like there was a trade coming. But it didn't hit me until I said, okay – Tiara's gone. Now the offense, the floor can open up more. So why not, if the fourth overall pick, Ashley Jones? Why not? As Iowa State. I definitely think she is a guard slash forward. I think you can probably put her at you could probably put her at the three. She could play the four-ish. Um I think for a guard of her of her her, her style of play, she can rebound the ball pretty damn well. I like that. Um, I definitely feel like you, you, you – I think you need to just develop the wings for sure. Melissa or Ashley, no, nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I think that – I think this makes sense for Indiana because I, I feel like you have Melissa that can stretch the floor and then you have – Ashley, who's a good rebounder, she can shoot the ball as well and rebound. So you got, I mean, hey, let's see how that works. But I think that's a good pick for Indiana. That could change. Um, I had them taking, I want to say it was was a Nas, Nas Hillman. I think that's who it was. So I cannot remember what time I had. I'll have to go back and look at the video. But I know it was, I can't remember who it was. I might, it may have been Nad, Nas or... Uh, it wasn't Ira. It wasn't her. I got to look back at the tape on that one. But I think Ashley makes the most sense for Indiana with the fourth overall pick. Now, we're going to New York. Now, New York, this state the same. Uh, no changes at all. Nas Hillman out of Michigan. I think it makes the most sense. Um, just seeing her from my own eyes in the Big, as a, in the big Ten as a rival with Maryland. Uh, the girl is is as a star um she is a post play, good post player i think commands good double teams um i think 
just I feel like she would be player of I I, I had her I, I would consider her player of the year, but we all know that may for big I mean I, 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 nah, I'm not gonna get into that. But I think Nash makes the most sense because she's going in a situation with Steffi Dolce. And I talked about that where Steffi does have a high foul rate. Then you're playing alongside Benaja Laney, Sabrina Nesco, uh, Rebecca Allen, Cindy Wickham. You have you have a good team where you, you, the situation is good for her. Uh, I couldn't see anybody else going there. And I think the biggest thing I looked at was they could you they I, I think you need some inside presence for sure. Now, with the sixth overall pick, uh, the Indiana Fever. <laughs> Again, um, Alyssa Kune out of NC State. Um, I like. It, it wouldn't hurt. Now I could. Now I strongly considered. Um, I want to say it was either Mia Cloudin. Or Kristen Bell. I cannot remember that video. But I think she makes the most sense. She's a good post player. Uh, I think she can definitely, I think her, she has a little bit more of an offensive game. I think more, uh, I mean, offensive. Tierra to me is more of a, a defensive minded first center. And I think Alyssa would be as more. More touch around the basket. Not saying Terry can't do that because she can't do it. I'm talking about more mid range. And I mean, don't get me wrong; her game can definitely expand. Tiara for sure. But I'm just saying. I think Alyssa makes makes the most sense for the Fever. Um, but I do think that if because Maureen Maureen Stanley's now on the hot seat now that Tamika Catchings is gone, you're going to have to get her get her to be more assertive um, in that offense. If you're uh, Maureen Stanley, that's just my opinion. So, with the seventh overall pick, the Dallas Wings take Nyara Sabli. Uh, I, I think this makes sense. Um, for me, I just I understand the injuries. Uh, why not? I mean, she's going to play alongside her sister. She's shown that she can be a good forward. The biggest issue is staying healthy. I mean, she's had a number of injuries since at Oregon. But her her game does speak for itself. Uh, I would see her more playing power forward. Uh, I think she would make the most sense. Now, if you pushed me, I would have considered some other other players. But I mean, the only other person I could think of with at that point would have been Seika Cone, but she injured her. She she's going to be out for a minute. Um, Lorella Kabage. So I mean, there's a lot of. I think I think Nyara makes the most sense. I mean, she can make shot, create shots for others. She, I think, just makes the most sense for Dallas. And but my only concern with this pick, you got now Tierra, you got Charlie, Isabel Harrison. You're not trading her. Um, a walk. She may may not come back. We'll see. Um, they got a they got a lot of size in Dallas, and I don't. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that pick that goes. 
So we'll see. Now, with the eighth overall pick, the Minnesota Lynx take Sky Cone. Now, same same thing. I, I, I think in the FIBA games, she definitely is a good prospect. Um, the only thing that will hurt her is her knee injury because she's supposed to be out for like the next, oh, like a good like four to six months because she tore an MC or something like that. So she's going to be out for quite some time. That's definitely going to hurt her. Um, Minnesota, that this was tough. There's really not a lot of areas. They don't have the the space, the, the cap, much cap to really draft or sign somebody. I think she makes the most sense um, in this for Minnesota. Else, I'm considering kind of like, well, because she could be. I mean, I'll, she's not a, she's not a center, but I think she can make the most sense for Minnesota. She kind of reminds me um, of Natasha Howard a little bit. Her ability in the post. Uh, she's a good assist. Uh, good to, uh, a good decision maker with the passing. I think she makes good sense. I think she would uh, she would be a good fit in Cheryl Reeves' system. Now, uh, we go to the team in Southern California, the sister team, the Los Angeles Sparks. Now, uh, this was this was tough. Now, I looked at their roster. They really didn't have. They have a lot that they could have taken. Like, let's just take a look really quick. They have Taya Cooper. Uh, Jordan Canada, who they just signed, Liz Cambage, the Gumake sisters, Janae and ne- Neca, uh, Brittany Sykes, Lauren Cox, Arella uh, Goriantes, Katie Lou Samuelson, who they got in the trade, Jasmine Walker, Christy Tolliver, Mandy Zari B. They have a lot there. Um, and I'm sitting here going like, well, what could they take? I mean, they could I consider take them taking Kristen Bell, uh, but I'm kind of like, well, you kind of already have, kind of have. I don't think you need another load of, kind of got a load of backcourt. So I'm like, okay, I look at I look at like, what about a wing player? I mean, they only have they have Jasmine, Katie Lou, Neca, Lauren, and then Janae. I mean, they're kind of yeah predicated on health. Because I think the biggest thing is if they can all stay healthy, because Neca and Janae didn't miss some games last year due to injury. And then I think that's all predicated. But I said, well, why not take Lorella Cavage with the ninth overall pick? I think this makes sense out of Georgia Tech. Uh, I think she would bring a defense. I think she's more to me defensive minded. Now, her numbers, I, I did, I had to do my Googles. They, are okay. They could be better, but I think in a Derek Fisher system, I think she would definitely she'd be a good fit. Um, I think she brings a lot of effort, and I think that somebody Derek could look to and say, okay. Other than you know, because don't get me wrong, he's got girls that can do that, but I think she would do really well in a Derek Fisher system because. I think if anything, Derek Fisher also too, he likes to pride himself on defense as well. I definitely think he would be a good fit. She would be a good fit, excuse me, for his system and for the Sparks. I considered Kirsten Bell, but I'm like, I don't think you need another guard. Now, with with the 10th overall pick, the Indiana Fever 
is they can instantly right here rebuild and make the playoffs. They have the 10th overall pick, and they're going to take Mia Clouded. I think uh, I've seen on, on some other draft boards that she's higher, but I think she makes a little bit more sense for for Indiana because, again, I'm looking at Bria Hartley. No disrespect to Bria Hartley. Since her time in Washington, biggest issue is injuries. She can, can she stay healthy, which I believe she can. But I'm looking at Nick Clowden, Bria Hartley, Kelsey Mitchell, Tiffany. You've got an interesting little backcourt right there with them right there. I think that's an interesting backcourt. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt. Now, I definitely, definitely think she's more of a offensive-minded guard, and I think that's that could actually complement in a, in, for Indiana. I think they could use more scoring from the outside. Let me switch the which they can do, but I think it, I, I would I could see Nia for sure being here. Now, the eleventh overall pick. This was tough because um, again the Las Vegas Aces. Now they don't have a list because she's not with the Los Angeles Sparks. You really don't have a lot of other options. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. They signed Kalani Brown, uh, Theresa Plasance. I considered them taking a center, but there was really nobody else. I mean, other than Alyssa or Shakira, that makes that would scream, "Wow!" I mean, Jenny Stahl out of Georgia, no. Uh, Brooke Flowers out of St. Louis and Queen Egobo. They're good, but no. I think they're more like round two, round three, just my opinion. No, no, no disrespect, but they're not those – are, those would be reaches. Those would be reaches in the first round. So look at the roster. I'm kind of like, okay, well, they got Jackie Young. They got Kelsey Plum. Um, Destiny Slocum. They have the roster that this, I think losing Liz, I think will hurt somewhat, but I think they'll be okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. This roster, Las Vegas Aces, they screen playoffs. They, they could, I, I'm just going to say, I think that they, they have a good shot of making, of getting to the, getting to the final. Guaranteed. But, I mean, I, I can see, like, Kalani Brown making the team. I think she would definitely, definitely fit this team because I know she's definitely – I've seen him at least unlimited. She's take, she stepped back and shot, and shot the three, and I think she'd be a good fit. Theresa Plasance is a good – she could also shoot the three. I mean, why not if you're Las Vegas, Ray Burrell? I, I mean, guard, forward, eh. I mean, like – I get it. Some may say Nathan. I think you reached on this pick. We do. I think we think you made a reach. Made a reach. Like injuries, she has been inconsistent. Ah, I, I mean, there there really isn't anybody else. Maybe a Destiny Henderson out of South Carolina, Veronica Burton, but they don't need a point guard. Um, I would have. I just don't really know who else I would you would you would consider taking with the 11th pick and also too when you are already on a team like vegas where you already have you're kind of set at every position so why not take a guard wing 
and Ray. I, I definitely, definitely think she has the tools to be a good WNBA ball player. I, you you got to get some, somebody has to give me an argument of who else is out there besides Ray to take with the 11th, the 11th overall pick. And with the final pick of the first round in the 2022 WNBA draft, the Connecticut Sun take Kirsten Bell out of Florida Gulf Coast. Now, um, the biggest thing we have kind of said it about Connecticut, and we also kind of are saying it this year, we don't trust them because for some reason, come playoff time, uh, they just – they just, I don't know what happened to them. The biggest thing was their shooting, particularly the backcourt. I love Jasmine Thomas. Uh, Kayla uh, Charles, I think, will will get better. Uh, I think it's not Courtney, but I feel like maybe it's just the way I we're looking at it because it's kind of like, did you panic on signing her and going like, okay, because we all know Courtney is a, is a walking bucket. We know that she definitely played a, she definitely played a part, a role in them getting, in getting them to the finals against us in 2019. But I think they could use another shooter. I, I just, I, that's, that's just me. I think, no, don't get me wrong. That Dijon and Carrington, you have to face, she's going to get some minutes in there because she had a good year with athletes unlimited. Uh, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. With, you got to get Kayla in there. Um, somebody's going to be the odd man out. And you signed Taj Cole to a training camp contract. Somebody's going to be the odd man out. I, I think all of them have proven that they, they, they're worth. But Kurt's going to have to figure out what he's going to do as far as minutes for sure. And the biggest thing we said is their backcourt, they need they need to shoot someone who can shoot the ball. And Kristen Belk, is, I think, makes the most sense for Connecticut. Now, I look back <laughs> I look back on my last mock draft. I hadn't taken Avina Westbrook. I I reached on that one. I, I I'll be the first to admit that. I reached. Um but with with Kirsten. I think one, you can't take away that this year alone, her numbers just speak. Okay, I gotta have her on my team now. Especially the after the knee injury she's had, she's had a, a great year. And Florida Gulf Coast is in March Madness. I due to her due to her play, let's give her her flowers for sure. But if I'm looking at Connecticut's backcourt, that was kind of one thing that they lacked against Chicago. Other than John Paul Jones, they just struggled to shoot the ball. And don't get me wrong, defense wins championships, but offensively, they there were a lot, there were moments throughout that series where you're kind of where I'm like, where are you? And I think it makes sense for Connecticut to take her. I, I do. Uh, I, I You could have pushed me with Destiny Henderson if you wanted to. Uh, there's some other considerations, Veronica Burton, but I don't think they need point guards. I just think they, I think she would be a good two guard playing the two. We'll see. So 
Um, that is my 2.0 mock draft. Y'all let me know y'all thoughts. Again, this was tough. Uh, again, this is 2.0. Things could change. Now that with the Terry McCowan trade, uh, it definitely gave me a different perspective of who should go where. Uh, that Washington Mystics, I'm 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 not concerned, but I just have this weird feeling that the number one overall pick is going to get traded. Guaranteed. Some something just screams it's going to get traded. I I I don't know why because it, it, it we were in the same position back in 2016 when we got Lena Deladon. Something just screams he's going to trade that pick. So, something just tells me that. Something tells me that. So. Uh, y'all let me know y'all thoughts. That's going to conclude the episode. Um, 3.0 will come up after March Madness. Because uh, right now, the NIT started. I already did my bracket for March Madness live on YouTube, not this pre- the previous episode. So after March Madness, that's when we'll do 3.0 and get ready for the draft. Um, regardless, this is going to be a good draft class. Even next year, I, I definitely think these young women, they have all the tools and skill set to be to definitely change these teams. I think they're going to be really good for sure. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tar Heel. <laughs> yeah. Again, like, you know, keep in mind, too, you know, a lot of things, you know, again, between now and April 11th. Some more things can change. So definitely, definitely be on the lookout for the 3.0 draft. Um, Now, as far as the – I was supposed to do an episode Monday night for the NIT bracket, but it was just a long day of work and had some other things outside of YouTube. Uh, I did not get a chance to do the NIT bracket. Uh, Now, shout out to the University of Towson, go Tigers. We made the men and women made the NITs. Couple teams that really stood out. I was disappointed that actually turned down the NIT invite. And I want people to understand this real quick. The NIT is not a knock. To me, the NIT is it's saying, hey, your team played great. And this is this a stepping stone for what your team can be going forward. Uh I one team thing that comes to mind, I think. Ole Miss, so Ole Miss or Tennessee, when you're there in the NIT, and they end up in the Final Four. Like, Maryland has been the NIT, the men. Duke and North and North and Northwestern turned that down. I, I don't know what why, because I feel like to me, I think that me to me, I think your standards were too high. And more importantly, I think what you're kind of saying is we're too good for that. Instead, I think the NITs are something that can definitely put your team on the mat and let the college basketball world know, hey, keep an eye out for us. Like, don't get me wrong. And also, again, there's some other teams, too, that didn't, that down the stretch, they folded, men or women. So I, the NITs to me are a good tournament to just say, hey, you played good enough to say the national championship, but, hey, this is a good opportunity to put your school 
and your basketball program on the mat. So I, I never, I, I don't understand why you decline an opportunity like that if you're like, I, I just don't understand that. Y'all, y'all let me know y'all thoughts on that in terms of the NITs. What do you guys think of the NITs? Do you feel like it helps your school? Is it a, a negative on your school? Do you feel like uh, it's a downgrade from the national championship? Like, what do you think the NITs mean to you? So you let me know um, in the comments below. But that is going to conclude this episode. I will see y'all tomorrow. If you're on the West Coast, it's still Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It's 119 here in the morning on the East Coast. I'll be back with episode 10. <laughs> episode 10, part two, NFL draft, 16 through 32, and a little bit of NFL free agency talk because we're already starting to get hot with some of the moves. Um, so definitely, definitely, definitely stay tuned for episode 10. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a good night. Stay up. Peace out. Listen, I'm easy to find. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it.